You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Happy Tuesday once again. It is the Outside Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Network. I am your host, Adil Royster. Chill ride, chill vibes. Uh, so we had Thursday out of sight the last two weeks, but uh, we're back on Tuesdays. And uh, as a special treat for the return to Tuesday, uh, we got Tom West back on the line. Uh, Tom, as always, brings that added pinch of class to this podcast. And I feel like it's in we're, we're in dire need of it because we I've gone off the rails a couple the, the last couple of podcasts. I even I admit it, Tom, I'm sorry. Like some the last couple have been a little off the tracks. I mean, given the way the sixth season ended, I can't blame <laughs> you at all. So <laughs> that's totally understandable. <laughs> so I wouldn't be doing my job as a journalist, as a colleague, as a friend. Uh, if I didn't ask how you're doing, how you're feeling, given the uh, the the loss at the Euros, like how how are you holding up? How are how are things over there? Are are things <laughs> are things being burned to the ground? Like what's happening? I mean, some people, yeah, the reaction from some has been poor, obviously, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm coming. Yeah, no, come come to terms with it. Obviously, you know, it's a, a brutal way to lose um, at the last minute in penalties. Um, and I thought we were going to get it after Pickford made a second save. I thought we had it. But uh, yeah, I mean, come to terms with it, like it was an amazing tournament. And going in, I don't think many people would have picked us to even get to the final. So all things considered, it was a, it was a really fun tournament. And they did incredibly well to get to the final and come, you know, a kick away from winning it all. So yeah, on to the World Cup next year now. Uh, yeah, looking ahead. Plenty of plenty of reasons to feel positive. So I was actually <laughs> I was honestly just thinking, like, when's the last time England actually won the Euros? It, it's been a while. We've not won it? a major tournament in like 50 years. I mean, we won, the World Cup in, in, we won the World Cup in 1966 and we're trying to end that drought of major tournaments. So uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> Good Lord. You're a Sixers fan yeah. and an English soccer. Jesus, you're just all <laughs> kinds of tormented. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll get we'll get through it. The World Cup is going to be uh, it's coming home next year. It's just waiting a little longer. That's all. Listen, when it comes to when it comes to football, I don't really have those kinds of problems, seeing as how I'm a fan of the Spanish national soccer team. So, I mean, I, okay. I've ce- I've celebrated quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, that that that's where I am. Uh, have you watched the NBA finals at all or has it or have the start times just been to the point where you're just like, you know, what, screw it. I'll just catch the highlights the next day. I mean, I've not been able to watch anything live. Um, they're all starting earliest, like 2 a.m. my time, which just does not work when I have to work at 9 a.m. the next day. 
Um, but no, I've still been watching it. I've not had a chance to watch game three yet, but watch the first two in full. Just watch everything on League Pass the next morning. Um, so yeah, it's been a good watch so far. I need to catch up on last night. But yeah, it's, uh, it's it's been a fun series. Like I wanted the Suns to win going in. Um, they've been a lot of fun all season. They've been one of my favourite teams. Um, yeah, and I've always been a massive Chris Paul fan. So seeing him have so much success uh, has been a lot of fun. The Suns are just a really fun team like all around. So it's been it's been enjoyable to watch. I think. What about you? I've been enjoying this NBA Finals so much. I don't care if it's Milwaukee, Phoenix, uh, quote unquote, small market teams. I don't care. I've very much been enjoying this series. I won't spoil anything for game three, but uh, games one and two were incredibly fun. Phoenix taking both in their house and the, the crowd was incredible. It was insane. And like that, that's what happens when you have a team that hasn't been to the NBA finals in over 20 years. I love having two new teams. I know so there's so many basketball fans who are saying, oh, is this the worst finals ever? And, you know, like just upset because like LeBron's not there or their favorite superstars aren't there. But they're both really good teams. It's nice to have a better change. <laughs> They've both earned it like... <laughs> They're both really good. Like we can appreciate the talent we have and appreciate really good basketball because it's been, like you said, it's been a really good series so far. Um, it's yeah. been a lot of fun, uh, and there's loads of talent and players involved, young, old. Like there's lots of storylines to get into. Um, it's yeah, it's just really good basketball. I don't know why people want to enjoy it more, but someone's always going to find a way to complain, I guess. Listen, sure, it doesn't have LeBron or Brooklyn's big three or anything like that, but there are great storylines in here. Chris Paul trying to get his first ring after so much turmoil. There's Giannis, the two-time defending MVP, who's trying to get his first ring and not necessarily validate his Supermax contract, but just, you know, give something to the Bucks organization after shelling out all that money for him. Uh, I mean, it's incredible how well he's playing after just injuring his knee as well after the hyperextended knee. Like, it's just absurd how good he is. Like, especially coming off that injury, it's it's insane. Again, need to point this out. Like, his knee bent backwards ninety degrees the wrong way. He should not be playing basketball right now, but he is, and he's doing so at a high level in the NBA Finals. Yeah, it's it's incredible. So yeah, no, I've I've been enjoying that a lot. Um, and everyone should be, but yeah, no, it's been good fun. And I'm very much in the tank for the Bucks because, well, first of all, because I called the Bucks at the beginning of the season, in the middle of the <laughs> season, and towards the end of the season. So all you guys can just like start Venmoing me and cash apping me any money that you've won from various bets that you've placed, either legally or through your own private bookies. Um, but the Drew Holiday thing, I'll always be a fan of because if it wasn't for the Drew Holiday trade, the uh, process would have not gotten kicked off. So that's I I, I want to see Drew win one as a kind of thanks for jump starting our process, and hopefully we'll be next after you get yours. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I'm sure other Sixers fans would agree. Um, yeah, like I said, I've just always been a massive Chris Paul fan, and the Suns have probably been probably been my favorite team this year to be honest um like I obviously cover the Sixers but I'm not like a fan of any team really at this point um so yeah they're probably like my favorite team uh to watch this year um or one of the top few anyway and I just think there's so many like fun players to root for like just seeing guys like Cameron Payne and stuff like 
just the way he's turned his career around, like DeAndre Ayton has been incredible in the playoffs, just hitting another level. Obviously, Devin Booker has been a bit up and down, but he's obviously incredibly talented. Mikel Bridges, just so many fun guys to root for. Cameron Johnson, like, yeah, there's loads of good guys to root for in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think either way, it's quite fun if you don't have a, a you know, if you're not a fan of either team, you can go either way and you've got a fun side to root for. So it's been a good series. And let's not forget the homie. And I mean, it kind of sucks that he, you know, exactly. went, yeah. went out with the ACL injury. But yeah, if if the homie wins one, I'm happy for him. It's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, it really sucks that he tore yeah, that injury. But um, yeah, hopefully he comes back strong from it. And yeah, if the Suns can win him a championship and get him his ring, that would still be really cool. Let's talk Sixers now. You wrote two columns that I wanted to discuss. The first being something that everybody's kind of writing about and talking about and, you know, doing fake NBA trades with is Ben Simmons. And you wrote how the Timberwolves apparently are really active in trying to get Simmons. How hot is the blaze for the Timberwolves in their pursuit of Mr. Benjamin Simmons? I mean, just based on, um, you know, the sort of word from the team, what their president's saying, and just sort of the general buzz around them, just, you know, the trade rumors we've had so far in the off-season, like, it just sounds like they're ready to add talent. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, obviously, they're, they're going to be in on Ben Simmons, was the, was the wording uh, from the Athletics report. But, you know, it sounds like they're just interested in in upgrading however they can. I think, you know... They're going to be in on a number of players by the sounds of it. Um, I don't think there's any, it doesn't sound like there's any sort of one set player that's, you know, well ahead of the rest in terms of their interest. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but it doesn't seem like, you know, they're all in on Ben Simmons and no one else. So, yeah, I think we'll probably hear more about what they're after and what they're trying to do in the coming weeks. Um, but they're clearly high on Ben Simmons. And I do think, you know, in the sort of immediate aftermath of the collapse against the Hawks and obviously how poorly Ben Simmons played to close that second round. I think Sixers uh. fans were obviously emotional and angry and I get that, but um, I think some probably went very overboard in terms of how much Simmons value dropped. And obviously it's going to be lower now than it has been in the past. Um, but, you know, based on some of the reports we've seen and, and that it still sounds like his, his value is pretty high around the league. And obviously that's not surprising. Like he's a young all-star you know, <laughs> player of the year running up like runner up sorry like it makes sense that you know some teams gonna be interested in trying him in a new situation getting him a fresh start maybe trying to suit the roster a bit more around him and and you know just sort of seeing what they can do like I think the basketball fit in Philly was good for him like the Sixers had a lot of good shooters in their starting lineup like there's only so much more space and a, a better basketball fit he could go for but I do think a fresh start is kind of right for both sides now and I think the Timbals make a lot of sense you know just in terms of Kai Anthony Towns alone, it's basically like the perfect centre to put next to him. Like he's probably the big best, you know, big man shooter we've ever seen. Like just yep. his volume, his skill from three, you know, step back threes. Like he can do so much as a shooter um, with such efficiency and volume. He's he's a great fit there, um, and they really need the help defensively. I think they rank like twenty eighth in defensive rating uh, this season. So Simmons they could use the help on defense. They can. They could use the help. So I think it is a, it's a good fit for both sides. Um, so I do think that makes sense. It's, the issue is when you get into what they can offer the Sixers, which is where it quickly sort of looks far less intriguing. 
when you weigh it up from both sides, just because uh, based on the athletics report, like they see kind of towns, Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell as like their core. And it sounds like they want to keep all those guys on the team, in which case at that point, you're kind of looking to like Malik Beasley, maybe Ricky Rubio, some other players to, you know, match salaries and then any draft picks they've got left. Uh, and at that point, it's just not enough <laughs> to get, you know, like the Sixers are trying to find a number two to, you know, lead the offense next to him. Be any of that kind of go-to perimeter creator, you know, quality shot creator from the from the perimeter. You, you know, a good passer, and the Timberwolves just don't have that. Um, you know, Malik Beasley's is a good. He's a good player. Like I like him. He'd be a helpful player for the Sixers. You know, his his shooting off movement would be really useful. You know, he shoots efficiently at a high volume, but you know, he just doesn't do enough off the dribble or enough as a playmaker at all um, to be enough help there. So unless the symbols are kind of orchestrating a three-team trade and, you know, someone else is coming in to maybe get the Sixers more of the sort of top asset, you know, that they want, um, then I, I don't see how it, it really works for the Sixers. So it sounds like it's, you know, obviously worth keeping an eye on, but at the moment I'm not sure exactly how it would work or benefit the Sixers as much as they need. So it's kind of more or less in a holding pattern right now because what the Timberwolves can offer straight up for Ben Simmons, assuming that Russell Towns and Edwards are kind of off the board. Uh, there's there's not a whole lot left that would make sense for the Sixers. Yeah, yeah. I just think, yeah, if they're, if they're certain keeping their core and, you know, it's like, they traded a lot to get D'Angelo Russell in the first place. He's obviously very good friends with Towns. Like I get them wanting to keep those guys together. Obviously, Towns is the, you know, the, the face of the franchise is their best player. The Sixers don't want to go after another center <laughs> anyway. Like that's obviously a no-go. And then Anthony Edwards, you know, really impressive, you know, rookie season as he's sort of improved through the year. Um, I get that they want to hang on to him. Um, so yeah, after that, like you mentioned, there's just there's just not much left that really fits the Sixers' needs. Um, so yeah, I mean, a third team could get involved. I don't know what that would look like. I don't know who that would be, but I think that's the only really way I see this being, you know, a likely trade or something that would at least help the Sixers get what they need because trading Ben Simmons is like their best bet to getting the kind of player they need. Um, and if they don't maximize and really hit on a trade, if they do move him, um, then they're kind of really losing out on their potential to add the kind of talent they're after. So they have to make it work. I just don't think the Timberwolves can give them exactly what they need. The Timberwolves definitely have to do something about that guard rotation because they have D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Ricky Rubio, and Anthony Edwards all under contract. As a matter of fact, they're paying Ricky Rubio something like $17.5 million next season. Uh, they got to do something with that backcourt because it is not great like from a defensive standpoint. So I do agree that like Simmons would kind of be the perfect cure-all for what's going on with Minnesota. Yeah, and I think it'd be a good fit there. I think, yeah, basketball-wise, like I mentioned earlier, I, I do think it makes a lot of sense, um, you know, especially from the Timberwolves side, at least. And just the fit with Towns as well, I, I think it makes loads of sense. And they're just kind of at the point where, you know, they're just trying to get competitive. Like, I think they finished, what, 13th in the West this year, you know, they just want to add talent. They want to try and move, push for the, the bottom of the playoff picture. I think a team in that kind of range and that standing makes far more sense to kind of go after Simmons and maybe someone who's already got, you know, a contending type core in place. And they're kind of just looking for like one more piece. Like 
we've seen the issues Ben Simmons has in the playoffs when you get to the second round. A team that's trying to push to contend, having to adjust their team so much to fit Ben Simmons into the offence when we've seen the issues that happened with him in the half court, it doesn't make as much sense. But I think if a team's just trying to improve, address some weaknesses that Simmons would um, and just get a little bit better, maybe you know, potentially just get near the playoffs. Um, it makes more sense. Like he's going to make the t- he's going to make them better in the regular season, and that's what they're after. So I think it does make sense for them if they can do anything and maybe you know get a third team involved. My favorite three team trade involving Ben Simmons has been, and I'm pretty sure I said this in the Slack channel before, but it's Ben Simmons to Minnesota, D'Angelo Russell to Portland, and then Dame Lillard to the Sixers. It just sounds like that's not even though that probably makes the most sense from all sides, except depending on how you feel about Russell and McCollum together. But if, if the Timberwolves are so hard set on keeping D'Angelo Russell and towns together, I just don't know if that's feasible. And that's just the perfect three way trade because it kind of fixes the problems of each team with the exception of maybe Portland. And even then you could probably throw in, you know, draft picks, young players, maxi, I don't know. Yeah. I think I'd be iffy on the Portland side of it. Like you said, you know, it depends, it depends what else they're getting. I'm not super high on D'Angelo Russell, to be honest. Um, I think Ben Simmons is the better player, you know, you can talk about player issues aside, but I, yeah, I wouldn't love that for Portland, but you know, depending what else they could get, it would be intriguing. Um, I think from a Sixers standpoint, CJ McCollum, I know he's been a popular sort of target among some fans, but I, yeah. I just don't think he, I just don't think he does enough <laughs> for what they need. Like he's a very sort of, he shot really high volume this year before he was injured um, from three. And that's great. Like he was really just sort of gunning. I mean, he's a good shooter. You know, he'd definitely help them with a bit more, you know, creativity off the dribble, but he does do a lot from the mid range. He doesn't get to the line a ton. Um, he's still quite small. You'd have to rethink the backcourt if his, you can't start him and Seth Curry, if you want to be able to hold up in the playoffs yeah. <laughs> or even just have, or even just have a passable uh, point of attack defense in the regular season. Um, and I just don't think he does enough as a passer and just not quite a high enough level to be the sort of number two next to Embiid. And I know obviously it's not going to be easy for the Sixers to get that guy. But I think if you're trading Ben Simmons for him and you're kind of using your big trade chip, you really need to be getting a bit better, I think, than CJ McCollum. So, yeah, like you said, though, if they if the Sixers can find any way to get Dame, that, that's the absolute dream scenario. But, yeah, whether or not that happens, I have no idea, but it'll be interesting. <laughs> I, I don't I don't see Dame Lillard happening. I don't see Bradley Beal happening. I personally do not want Zach Levine to happen. Just, just no on all of that. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is a creative name that I see getting thrown out there lately. I'm not super high on that because he's kind of an inconsistent shooter too. I mean, true, he does actually like shoot from deep when he's wide open. Uh, Any of those, any of the outside contender names make sense in a Ben Simmons trade? I do like Zach Levine, actually. Oh, um, you would. I think I'm hiring him than you are. Damn it! Yeah, he's 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 he had a really Jesus, really good come. season. He had such a good year, and he's uh. a good player. He's a good player. He made some real improvements. He did, I'm actually writing about him at the moment, so I'll be fleshing out some more thoughts in a bit more detail. Um, You're just killing me. As a potential target. He's good, man. He's good. <laughs> he improved. Got to the rim better. 
improved from three. He's like one of the best pull-up shooters in the league at high volume. Like he improved his passing a bit. His defense is better than it used to be. Uh, like he he scored like what was it twenty-seven points a game on like elite efficiency. Like he's he's good. I've said he, it. He's not the best case scenario, but he would do a lot to help. I've said it at the very I've, least. Yeah, I've said this numerous times. There are two types of players that I don't trust. The guy that is the good stats, bad team guy, and the guy that has had one year of career offensive numbers across the board. Zach Levine checks both of those boxes. I am extremely hesitant about that. But he's not been on good teams, though. I mean, we've <laughs> just seen this with Devin Booker in the finals. Like, his, you know, look at where the Suns are now. And, you know, look how good Devin Booker is, like. You know, if you're on a bad team, you're on a bad team. Um, and I do agree that some of Zach Levine's numbers in the past haven't been as, you know, you know, convincing. Like, I've not been as high on him. But he's made improve. He's improved through his career. Like, he's been improving. He's passing gradually. Like, his shooting has been on the rise for a while now. Like, he's been a good shooter for a long time. It's not just like he's suddenly had some crazy year, like, when you know, when D'Angelo Russell made that all-star team and he was just hitting floaters at, like, a ridiculous clip the whole season. Um, like, Zach Levine genuinely sort of improved um, in a bunch of areas. Uh, so, I, I do th- I do think he's definitely a, a pretty good target. But And, you, you know, you think about that from the standpoint of also he shouldn't cost as much as someone like a Damien Lillard or a Bradley Bill. Um, so it depends on the asking price and that sort of thing. Um, but I, I do think a lot of his improvements are sustainable. You know, maybe the shooting cools off slightly, but he's been a good shooter for a long time now. Um, and he got to the rim better, like his handle improved a bit. Like it's not just, I don't think it's just outlier stuff. Otherwise I do, I would definitely agree with what you're saying. Like you don't just want to, you know, think a guy's suddenly way better than he used to be just because he had a crazy old shooting year. Like, you know, when Draymond Green had like one good season from three <laughs> and it was just clearly an, it was just clearly an outlier. I, I, I am higher on Levine, you know, be able to sort of sustain this and maybe, you know, he cools down a bit. I'm not expecting him to average 27 on 63 true shooting, you know, every year, but I think he's, I think he's very good and he would do a lot to help. Um, not the like best case scenario. Like I said, like ideally, you know, you're picking someone who's a better passer as well. Um, but, you know, the Sixers can't have everything. So I think if he's attainable, for, you know, a decent price, I definitely think it's worth a look. But I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of potential targets out there, and I don't know how many of them are actually going to even be available in the first place. So it's uh, it's, it's going to be tricky for the Sixers to make a big move. And they might even look to hang on to Simmons anyway. Right. You know, and, and, and see if they really can, you know, do the right work, as Doc Rivers called it, and, you know, actually make things happen in the off season. And, you know, they've got a full off season with him and Doc and Daryl now around. The team's more set in place. They're going into, you know, approaching next season with a full off season. So, so maybe they do try and make it work and then see if, you know, Simmons has improved at all, if his value can increase a little bit next year and then maybe revisit things down the road. So, yeah, I don't know. Tom, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot that could happen. Tom, if if you talk me into Zach Levine and you will this into existence somehow where he is a sixer, I swear to God, I'm never having you on the podcast again, ever. I'm not even joking. <laughs> oh, you just, yeah, but you wait when he's in Philly and he's absolutely. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> That's also true. Uh, there, there's also the rumors about, you know, the Warriors wanting Ben Simmons. I don't know how that works at all. Uh, 
listen, I will take just about any excuse to get Clay Thompson on the Sixers, but I don't know if I'm trading Ben Simmons for that. Uh, for Clay Thompson, I <laughs> yeah. mean, I, yeah, I just don't think the Warriors would do that. I mean, it's it's also just so hard to know. Like, I I love Clay. Um, it just seems like a really cool guy and he's such a good player. But it's yeah, it's so hard to know exactly what he's going to be after the injuries he's had. It's so unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I just don't think. And also, I think that make, would make it so hard to know what his value would be around the league. Yeah, um, when you just don't know exactly what it's going to look like. And I, I just, don't, I think it's just one of those guys that I just don't think the Warriors would trade him. Like, he's been such a concrete part of their franchise for so long now. You know, part of all the championship runs. I, I can't seems... imagine him going anywhere. He just he... seems like he's, he's staying there unless he wants to leave on his own terms. Right. You know, at some point in free agency. But I don't. I couldn't see a trade happening, um, especially yeah, like with the injuries and how long he's been out of the picture. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There are some alternatives to trading Ben Simmons, and it comes from, you know, the, the young guys coming up. And we are going to get into... The second piece that I wanted to discuss with you, it's about the low minute players that were on the roster last season. Uh, I, I know he's not hardcore low minutes guy, but I did find it interesting that you didn't. You didn't really add Maxi into that bunch. And I'm wondering why that was like, what was your what were your parameters for low minute, quote unquote, low minute guys? Oh, I mean, it was purely, so basically I just wrote up, I went on a Jackson Franks podcast, um, one of our colleagues here at Liberty Ballers, and we basically, I was basically joining him for the start of the series to review the players. So basically he picked six players. Mm. So those are all, I decided to write about. So it's basically just what we got through. <laughs> so Maxi was assigned to his like second podcast of the series. Ah, okay. Otherwise, otherwise I might have put Maxi with that group, but I think he was more, as he was part of a rotate, a, as he was actually sort of part of the rotation um, for, you know, a good amount of the season, not all the time, but for a fair amount of the year, I probably wouldn't include him in it. We sort of focused on the guys who are either in and out, you know, as rookies or in and out or not really playing at all as vets. So, yeah, we kind of, we kind of focused on, you know, Anthony Tolliver, Gary Clark, Mike Scott, I think who are three veterans who, you know, it's, it's kind of time to move on from now. Like, obviously, they brought in Tolliver and Clark. Yep. And see what they could get from them, see if they could contribute at all. And neither of them really sort of had much playing time at all. Neither of them sort of found their footing from three or, you know, got going too much. Like, Tolliver, the main intrigue was just having him as a kind of stretch four option and, you know, having someone who could shoot. And he just didn't get a chance to get going. Like, I think he only hit, like, four of 14 threes or something along those lines. Um, and he's just kind of declining defensively and athletically at this point of his career. Um, yep. Gary Clark, you know, didn't really get to do anything. And I think, you know, Mike Scott, unfortunately, for as much as he's given Philly and, you know, how much yeah. um, love, I, fans love him and, you know, how great he's been in the city, I think it was just a really rough season for him on the court, unfortunately. And um, he's, he's just not a positive player at this point on the court. And 
it would be good to see him in you know, a bounce back somewhere. But I think at this point for the Sixers, it's just sort of time to move on from those guys. Um, so yeah, we talked a bit about them and I wrote a little bit about them for the site. And then, yeah, about Isaiah, Joe and, and Paul Reed, who are much more interesting as the sort of rookies who could maybe do a little bit more next season. Yeah, let's 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 just start and just get into sure. <laughs> Paul Reed. I'm sorry, but Paul Reed needs more minutes, y'all. I'm sorry. Take the Mike Scott minutes away. Take the Tyler minutes away. Uh, lessen some of the Dwight Howard minutes. Give B-ball Paul like 15 minutes. Like I don't know what what are we even talking about here. I I feel like he yeah, I mean, is, it depends. He's hmm. a perfect like bench stretch four, isn't he? I think at this point, I think it'd be a bit too much to ask him to be a sort of per- have a permanent spot in the rotation. But yeah, like, okay, he was he was a better option than Mike Scott. Totally agree. Um, I think it depends. It, yeah, it depends what the rotation is like because I think ideally you use him as a kind of small ball, switchy, athletic five mm. rather than a four. Just because I think at this point of his career, and I know he wants to work on his shooting, and he, he said that after the season and um, when he spoke with media and, you know, he, he showed sort of encouraging signs, you know, in the G League and that, but I don't think he's super confident in his jumper yet. He still doesn't take his threes at too high a volume and there were quite a few times, you know, with the sixes where he would kind of dribble in from three and then take a long two or, you know, just look to attack with a closeout right. rather than maybe taking a decent look from three when it, when it was open for him. Um, and that's obviously not ideally what you want in a four next to Embiid um, or, you know, especially Simmons if he does stick around. So I think he's kind of like more interesting to me as a small ball five um, and just with his like defensive skill set and how athletic he is. But yeah, I do think he could be in a shot, um, you know, have a good shot for some more minutes next year. And, you know, th- there's a few things he can work on. Like if he can add a bit of strength, that would be huge for him, you know, just working on his shot selection, you know, not forcing some of the sort of runners and floaters he put up in traffic. Um, yeah, they got, they got continuing even, to, in, even in garbage time, those got a little mm, frustrating. Yeah. And then just, you know, he fouled a lot and um, he fouled at a very high rate. So, and I, you know, it's obviously not surprising for a rookie big man in the NBA. Like, it's really hard to adjust, especially for someone who didn't play too many minutes. Like he didn't get too much practice in the league. Um, but if he can kind of, you know, reduce his fouling a bit, add a bit of strength so he doesn't get bumped off his spots on offense and maybe, has a bit more strength to just kind of hold his own in the paint uh, defensively and, you know, keeps working on his comfort from three and kind of finds his footing there a little better. So, like, there's a bunch of things he can work on. And I think if he can start making some of those improvements, if the Sixers maybe don't have a great backup centre situation, you know, we'll see what happens there with the Dwight Howard comes back, whether they add someone else in free agency. Um, there could definitely be an avenue for, for Reed to get some more time. And I think he showed a lot of promise. So, I yeah. I'd be very interested to see if he can play a bit more. I definitely think he has a good shot too. You just made everybody at the gastroenteritis blues very excited because <laughs> they are very I mean, high I'd on. Like to see they it. are very high on b-ball ball. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's there yet. But if he can't, like I said, if he can make a few of those improvements, um, and you know, if depending on how the the rest of the roster, you know, pans out, I think he's he's got a chance to at least play more than either this year and. Yeah, I'd like to see it. He, I mean, just think about his, you know, he was literally dominant in the G League. Like, that was a really good experience for him. Yeah. To be, you know, rookie of the year, MVP, all defensive team. Um, that that was huge for him. Like, he you know, helped his confidence. He got to work on his game. 
you know, he obviously has to adjust to playing in a smaller role when he's with the Sixers. I think that was one thing he struggled a little bit with. Um, that's something me and Jackson talked about, just kind of learning how to kind of settle into a more complementary role offensively rather than being kind of like the hub that he was in the G League, you know, being like the top scorer and, and having so many shots and having the ball in his hands more. You know, he'll learn how to adjust to that smaller role with the Sixers. But there's there's a lot of promise there. And just the fact that he was the 58th overall pick, <laughs> like it, it's such good value already. You know, it's it looks like a really a really great selection that late in the draft. So, yeah, there's a lot of reason to feel positive about his future. I think it was a really good start for him, you know, G League and some of his moments in the NBA. Isaiah Joe is an interesting one because there's potential that he may get kind of thrust into a role based on what happens with uh, Furkan Korkmaz's contract. You agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was even early in the season, there was that point you know, when the Sixers were really shorthanded with some injuries and, you know, COVID protocols, like where some fans were saying, like, should Isaiah Joe be playing over Furkan Korkmaz at that point? Um, and it wasn't crazy at the time. Like, it was a fair It take. really like, wasn't. He has a better defensive skill set. He was shooting threes like crazy and, you know, launching from everywhere, shooting off movement and just doing like loads of good stuff. And yeah, I'm, I'm really high on Joe. And I think, yeah, I definitely think he can take on more of, Fucking Quartmaster's role, like Quartmaster's earned a decent payday. Like he's a solid role player. Like he's a good shooter. Um, he's improved defensively. So, yeah, if he if he doesn't return and gets a decent, you know, salary somewhere else, I wouldn't be stunned by that. Um, and I think Joe can kind of step in. Like his lateral quickness on defense is good. Like he competes on the ball. He's pretty physical, despite needing to add a bit of strength. That would help him a lot um, against sort of stronger wings. Um, you know, he has really good IQ. I think like his rotations were were really sharp most of the time. He had some good sort of help rotations around the rim. Like Doc Rivers several times, you know, praised just how impressed he was with his defense right. as a rookie. Like, you know, the shooting stands out like the Sixers want as many sort of deep threes and, and you know, it's sort of more advanced shots as they can get. And, you know, that's what he does. But I think the defense stood out a lot to, you know, Doc Rivers and, the coaching staff and that's something that impressed me as well and I think that's really encouraging um, and then yeah just the shooting like he can you know he can shoot off the move he can come off screens he can take the odd pull up three as well like he's such a, a high level shooter um, and if he can just start you know adding a little bit more to his game offensively like get a bit more comfortable with his handle get to the rim a bit more you know attack more uh, from closeouts like he barely got to the rim at all um, as a rookie he you literally had like a single digit rim attempts, I think. Um, so it was really rare for him. But if he can start adding a little bit more diversity there and, you know, add a little strength, uh, yeah, he can definitely do even more. So I'm really high on what he can do. And it, yeah, like you said, if, if Korkmaz does leave, then there's definitely an opening for more minutes there that I think he could take on a few of. With the Sixers, how they are in terms of the salary cap, it's going to be incredibly important for Daryl Morey to kind of work those margins and work that magic that we're so familiar with him doing. I, I feel like he already has, you know, two bona fide tickets in Paul Reed and Isaiah Joe. Yeah. I think, I think one of the big things obviously when Maury got hired was not just, you know, could he make some big blockbuster moves? It was just like having, uh, you know, a president of basketball operations in place that's going to do smart moves around the edges, and that's what you need. You need help on the margins. <laughs> can you not? Can you not spend one hundred and ten million dollars <laughs> on Al Horford? 
Like, yeah, $110 million on your backup centre. It's not great. Like, it's not a smart move. Hi, you know, sign players who can actually play and complement your stars. You know, it's a, it's a wild concept. But yeah, like, <laughs> you need to have, you know, you need to be able to hit on the margins. Like, when you're building a team around a few guys on max contracts, like, you have to hit on the smaller contract players, whether that's, you know, good cheap signings in free agency, getting guys on vet minimum deals like Dwight Howard, making good draft picks, actually using your second round picks, not just selling them off. Like God. he's hitting on some of those already. So yeah, Isaiah Joe with, with the 49th pick, Paul Reed at 58. Like those two picks are really good. Obviously hitting on Tyrese Maxey at 21 is huge. And um, the fact that he fell that late in the draft. So he's already, yeah, Moore's already done a few really good things like that. Um, so I think, yeah, whatever happens in free agency, yeah, he's done some good stuff on the margins that's going to help them moving forward, like having those guys in place who have the potential to, you know, maybe contribute and join the rotation or at least get more time than they did this year is really encouraging. The fact that they're on the team, you know, both so young on such cheap contracts, you know, you add in guys like Seth Curry as well, who's on a really cheap deal. Like they've got a lot of good things going on around the edges. Seth Curry. Exactly. Like 8 million a year for, is it two more seasons? That's like nothing. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's ridiculously cheap. Or it might even be three more seasons. I'm forgetting off the top of my head. But his, <laughs> his contract is one of the better ones in the whole league. Um, so, yeah, they've got a good a lot of good stuff going around the edges. So, I think even though I know obviously fans are bummed out about how the season ended, like it was a disaster. <laughs> um, and, you know, annoyed about Simmons' performance. Like there's still a lot of good stuff to, you know, as the sort of foundation for the rest of the team. So, yeah, there's a lot of reason for, to feel positive about the young guys because, yeah, it was an incredible draft for them last year. Like, they really smashed it at all three on all three picks by the looks of it. So, now this is the last question I'm going to pose here. Previously on Liberty Ballers, I did write a piece that was entitled, Are the Sixers Simply Stuck with Ben Simmons? Uh, I don't feel that way like now. I really want Ben on this team next year. I really do. I think that it was just a weird off series. And if what he needs to do is go out and stay in a $17 million house in LA and just, hey, take one, two months off summer vacation, come back ready to work. Like, you know, any student in school, right? Um, How do you feel your best prognostication because that's what we do on this podcast best how do you see the shaking out with Simmons is he on the team next year is he traded in like December mid-season what are you thinking I mean it's so hard to know I mean I know I know I know yeah I'm lean at the moment I'm leaning towards him being on the team at the start of next season and he gets dealt before the trade deadline um, just because I'm starting to wonder whether, you know, the Sixers will kind of see how he looks after an off-season of full work, whether there can be any change, any improvement, and just what stars are available this off-season. Like, I'm wondering if they'll... Because Maury's not going to trade him unless he gets the return he wants. Yeah. Um, he's not just going to make a move for the sake of making a move. And then... No matter you know, how much... No matter how yeah. much you personally want Zach Levine on this team. <laughs> But like, you know, they're not going to trade down for, you know, just to make a move for a player who could help a bit, but doesn't fix, you know, things as much as they want to when a better star could become available, you know, 
like yeah. further down the line, maybe before the deadline, they need that option in place. And I, I'm just wondering at the moment whether that could happen. I don't think they're going to rush to make a move, which is why I'm leaning that he maybe be around. But ultimately, I think whether it happens in the summer or you know earlier next season, I do, I do think it's kind of time to move on for both sides. I just think a fresh start's needed at this point. And you know we've seen the fit issues in the half court with Simmons, and the, the lack of the development there is a real problem. Um, and at this point, you just have to maximise your title chances with Embiid. Like, he's not going to be in his prime forever. Yeah. And you, you just have to do everything you can to maximise the roster around him, get that perimeter creator you need. And I think trading Ben Simmons is the best way to achieve that fit and acquire that kind of player um, through a deal. So I think it's time to move on. But yeah, I don't think they're going to rush to do yeah. it. It wouldn't surprise me if it is next season. Yeah, Daryl's not trading Ben Simmons to Sacramento for Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes. It's like y'all, y'all, whoever had that idea that came through my timeline, just just stop. Okay. That's just a terrible, horrible trade for everybody. Buddy Hill just doesn't make the sixes better. Like no, there he needs doesn't. to be a level. Like people need to remember that Ben Simmons is still really good. Like, if you just downgrade the roster, like you're going to be worse in the regular season, you're not going to get as good a seed. Yeah, Buddy Hill's going to space the floor better in the playoffs, but like they, he's not a creator. He's not the kind of passer they need. He's not going to be creating off the dribble like they need. Like there's certain players that are getting thrown around in these trades that just don't do enough to help the Sixers or even make them any better than they would be with Ben Simmons. Um, Listen, you know, what I love the points of the season before the second round. So, <laughs> look, would I love Shea Gill just Alexander? Absolutely, but I, I'm pretty sure Oklahoma City's not trading for Ben Simmons for him. There's no way they're doing that. No yeah, way. I mean, that'd, be a, that'd be incredible for the Sixers, but there's no way the Thunder are doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> always fun talking to you, Tom. And uh, as as I always say, you always bring that touch of class to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> how are how are things in England progressing with the uh, coronavirus? Like they, they have that we have that Delta variant thing going on. Like I I think Epsilon is next. I don't know what's going on anymore, but how <laughs> how are things yeah. over there? Yeah, I mean, Delta variant, I think it counts for about 90% of our cases at this point. Um, Jesus. So, yeah, that's the that's the predominant um, variant over here at the moment. But, yeah, I mean, the, the vaccine rollout is going really well, so that's encouraging. Um, the only thing is that as things have been opening up more recently, like as the restrictions have eased, people are getting kind of more relaxed, going out and doing a bit more like the cases and the hospitalizations have been going up, still not nearly as high as they were at the last wave in the winter but they're still going up quite a lot and we're set for the sort of final restrictions or most of the final restrictions to lift on the 19th of July uh and the cases the government has acknowledged are then going to go up even more but they obviously think it's at a point where it's manageable you know with the vaccine and things and I I don't know I mean yeah it's just I'm I'm just got you just got to wait and see like I hope everything (laughs) works out all right I am skeptical like I've been skeptical through the whole thing and the government's not dealt with it well for pretty much the entire time so far. So I really hope things work out soon. And, you know, the the vaccine rollout, thankfully, has gone really well. So I'm positive about that, but I'm just kind of crossing my fingers and and hoping that things go well later this month at the moment. So we'll see what happens. What about where you are? Uh, Things are progressing pretty well. Uh, Philadelphia is close to 70% or over 70%, like 71, 72, something like that. Uh, in terms of people that have gotten at least one vaccine shot 
if they have the if they got if they got the J and J, they only need that one shot. But about 70 percent of Philadelphians have been vaccinated. Things are opening up. Uh, I still wear my mask if I'm getting on SEPTA or if I'm going to any kind of store or anything like that. Even if I'm outside and it's a large ish crowd, I'm just like, oh, too many of these effing people around here. Let me put my mask on. Uh, that's kind of where I am right now. I, there's still no effing way I'm getting on an airplane. That is not happening, uh, at least for another couple of months. And I, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like when it first opened up, uh, I wasn't like first in line at the at the bar or anything like that. And I'm pretty sure you're not there either. Like you're not showing up at noon Greenwich Mean Time at the pub and just being like, okay, mask off, drinks in the glass, let's go. <laughs> No, no, that's not me. Yeah, I've gone out for... <laughs> the main thing has been, you know, being able to, like, go around families' houses again and actually going indoors, like, that's great. Yeah. And I've gone out for a couple of couple of things, like, you know, gone out for a meal and, then you know, you're, you've got your little space, you've got your table, everything's just table service, like, not queuing in a crowd of people at a bar um, and stuff like that. And, yeah, like, the, the rule change that's coming on the 19th is that it's expected and suggested that you wear a mask in you know busy places, but it's not a rule anymore. So I don't know how many people are just going to be like, oh, I'm just going to take it off then. Um, I'm going to be keeping mine on. But yeah, and I'm sure plenty of people will be, but there'll definitely be some that are just going to relax and kind of take it easy. So I hope that everything keeps going, keeps improving and the cases do come back down. And yeah, at least we've got the vaccine roll up going well. So yeah, yeah, I'm, that was I'm that positive, was, but a little skeptical. So. That was slow moving with that uh, vaccine rollout before you know we got uh, President Uncle Joe in there. So you know th- things have been getting better. Yeah, that's. I mean, it couldn't have been any worse before. COVID, so uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. I'm pleased. I'm pleased things are going well where you are. So we're we're slowly getting to the end. We're oh, slowly god. getting to the end, and oh, things my are god. things are sort of brightening up a little bit. So. We're getting that. We're getting that. And, and and last thing, and this is COVID related. I'm sorry. Um, when it comes to the Olympics, they issued a state of emergency in Tokyo. Like, okay, just cancel the damn games, okay? Just cancel them. We'll see you guys in 2024. That's it. That's it. Just just push it all ahead. Tokyo in 2024, and then push LA back to 2028 or whatever the heck it is. Just no. Just nothing. If you have to declare a state of emergency, no, you're done. We're not doing anything in your country. I'm sorry to all the Japanese Sixers fans out there. Just no, okay? No. Cancel the damn games. <laughs> I mean, they were persistent enough to try and not cancel it last year. Oh, my when God. When everything was going terribly. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it feels like it's probably going to go ahead at this point, but uh, I don't, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I've just got to hope for the best at this point, like all around the world, you know, c- countries are trying to move ahead. Like I've just got to hope for the best that Tom, enough restrictions and things are in place. I'm just, I'm just trying to keep positive, man. Tom, you're, wit- <laughs> Tom, you're my witness on this. You're my witness right now. And everybody listening is my witness. If Simone Biles catches COVID, uh, I will be the first in line at the IOC headquarters and just smacking the hell out of people like that. That's a thing that's going to happen. OK, I won't get on an airplane for much, but that is something I'll get on an airplane for. I'm sure some people would join you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, always love having you on the podcast. Uh, 
yeah, where can people find your where where can people communicate with uh, the classiest gentleman for writing for Liberty Ballers today? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know about that, but if you want to, I am listen. I am Ballers? decreeing it right now. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay. You have been I'll, knighted, uh, sir. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, no, you can find all my work though at Liberty Ballers, um, and then everything else uh, basketball related you, I share all my work on Twitter um, all my sort of video breakdowns everything else uh, at Tom West NBA uh, and yeah you can find all my stuff there as well so that's probably the best place to go Tom West always love having you always love hearing from you take care stay safe my friend you too thanks for having me on man take care Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.